You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. Quick podcast on coronavirus gripes. COVID-19 irks. Um, Things we discover about human beings during a time of crisis, such as with the coronavirus. My number one gripe that I wanted to air out, aerate uh, via podcast format, is regarding businesses and the way the people of the businesses have been talking on television news programs, podcasts, radio shows about their businesses and the way they describe the uh, response to the virus in general. Now, some of them are respectful, some of them are careful, but even when they're being careful, they take little shots and make little remarks that are infuriating. Um, I was listening to a brief portion before I could stand it any longer and had to turn it off, a retirement show on the radio and the fella whose name I won't repeat, who was uh, running, you know, giving advice on investment, retirement investment, just would babble on uh, as if he was everything he said is his real knowledge. Well, that's all those investment guys. They talk real fast and try to fool you into giving them your money because they talk so fast. They must be smart. But while he was talking about, you know, the uncertainty of our times, his point was that he has never seen such an overreaction and where people, everyone is letting fear dictate everything. Then he referred to the 1819 flu as he rambled on. Now, I, I realize that's just a, a transposition of numbers. It was a 1918 <laughs> Spanish flu. But the point is he was trying to act like I know all about all the things like the 1819 flu came through, but it was just a flu and. You know, he was poo-pooing this virus and saying, uh, we've seen this before, we come through it, we're, we're, this is normal, we should be normalized, you know, we're way overreacting. And he cites the 1819 flu in support of his position, <laughs> which wiped out tons of people and was horrifying. And like, what, three people on the earth were alive then? I mean, that's the 1918 flu. That's not 102 years ago. I mean, how many people? Kirk Douglas just died. Who else has left? I mean, honestly, you know the phrase, 100 years, we'll all be dead. Whereas Woody, Woody Allen so optimistically put it, it's like every 100 years you just flush the toilet and everything goes down and all the it just gets washed away and then we start all over again. And then you push a button and it gets flush down a toilet and then you have sex with your adopted daughter and you marry her and you flush your life down a toilet and you have no faith and you talk about it like there's no other way to think so you flush your soul down a toilet anyway um (laughs) i watched match point this is an aside i watched match point last night for the first time since it came out 15 years ago the woody allen film um and I, I had given it a five on IMDb. And I just didn't even realize I was rating movies on IMDb 15 years ago. Because I, I know I rated that right after I saw it. Um, 
But I, I watched it again, and it, was, it opened up, and I thought, this is good. Why did I only give it a five? And then by the, by the time it ended, I, 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 I moved it up to a six. <laughs> but I really should have left it where it was. Um, it's just so soulless. The movie's so soulless, and it's such a... It's just his view of faith played out in the form of a movie. His view of no faith. And the key line in the movie is that Jonathan Rice Mears' character... Uh, who's a bad actor and is a terribly weak performer and really hasn't done anything since, really, because he stinks. And I don't know, he ruined the movie, too. But um, they're at a table, they're discussing things, and he says, I think that faith is the uh, path of least resistance. They were talking they, they were about, I forget what, but his, his basic point there and argument was that you're being weak-minded and just going with whatever you can do. Uh, that's easiest when you choose faith and it's just nothing could be further from the truth but i digress this uh investment man was clearly a trump supporter i i don't know i'm making this up but one of those conservative types in the money first like trump was about the market first and he's more afraid of what's happening to the market and that it's you know going down the tubes. It's hurting his career, his job. So what he's really doing is trying to protect himself. And also, some people are just really bad at dealing with fear, and they're really bad with dealing with crisis. And their number one instinct is to criticize all the stuff being done around them, call everybody a chicken little, and say, the sky is not falling like so many on Fox News did at the beginning of this pandemic, making asses of themselves. But this guy was particularly repulsive and because there was a girl questioning him. It was one of those paid infomercial type things. But um, it's on every morning, Saturday morning, for PPAP, you know, designed to help people plan for their retirements. But... The girl was just letting him say all that and acting like it was fine that he said it, and he should have immediately been rebuked, should have actually been cited with a crime. I mean, just yesterday in this state, you know, our governor recommended everybody wear masks, and uh, then nationally, of course, Trump and the CDC recommended everybody wear masks, and, you know, and then this guy gets on there and uh, knows better. He knows better because he deals with finances and it's hurting his job. So therefore, he's going to give you scientific advice. But here was the number one thing he did that really pissed me off. Is he, he threw in the line, I listened to all the scientists and the 1819 flu. You know, Yeah, he listened so carefully that he doesn't even know what year the fucking Spanish flu was in. But the point is, he, he, he knows, he pretends. This is what all the stupid people say. Like, yeah, yeah, I do. I read. I read a lot of things. They make claims that are lies. They throw out lines that have nothing to do with what they're saying, and then they proceed to completely prove that, that it was a lie, if you're listening carefully. For example, he doesn't listen to the scientists if he then says this is an overreaction and that this is based in fear. Because, buddy, this is based in science. What we're doing is rational. Oh, he used the word irrational. He called all of this irrational. And he just sped past it in talking about finances. And he did it so nonchalantly. And the girl just, in her phony voice, kept interviewing him like he, he wasn't tearing down. Now, he's going to put all kinds of doubt in people's minds. 
And look, the social distancing and such that we're doing is based in the scientific reality that this is a highly contagious, deadly disease. And that was another thing. He was saying something like this is just a flu, basically. I mean, we have dispelled that by now. The, the mortality rate on the virus is now up over 5.2% internationally. It's going up, not down. The more testing we do and the, the more it grows, the number's going up. I expected it to do the reverse. So did everybody else. But it's not. The death numbers are climbing the more we discover the virus the more we confirm the virus, the more people die from the virus. Watched several news programs in the last uh, couple days about 42-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 30-year-olds dying from the virus. Perfectly healthy people dying. Seeing the stories as told by wives and such. It's very tragic, very real. Not to be ignored, not overreacting. When you know this could be a bug that gets you and kills you. Uh, and it's highly contagious in a manner that travels in the air. And with touching things, there's reason for concern. And we're doing the right thing based on our knowledge. We're doing the rational thing. But if your business doesn't like it, then tear it all down. Put doubt into people's minds. Maybe get them killed. Why not? Hey, it's your business. Similarly, I heard people talking down in North Carolina who own golf course courses, and they're allowing golf still in North Carolina. Now, at first, Blush, you might say golf. You're walking out in the open air and should be fine. But then you think about Grabbing of the pin, grabbing of the ball out of the, the hole, uh, riding in carts, touching the wheel. Um, people don't wear two gloves when they golf. They wear one glove, but they don't wear a glove on their right hand if they're a normal right-handed golfer. Um, and you couldn't golf good if you did, so they're not going to go out there doing that. So that means they'd have to the entire time on the course never touch anything with their right hand. They're going to be coughing on the course. They're going, I mean, whatever you do, if you have it or don't know it, so it's you know very likely to be on their hand, they're going to be touching the pin. So they say there are ways where you can't remove the pins and they have only one per cart. Yeah, but that's one on the cart, and then someone else who comes next gets the cart, and you know how it's only been a matter of hours, and is the virus still alive on the wheel, touched by the person who was holding the wheel on the cart, and on and on and on. Now, we do that in the shopping centers as well. And people could take wipes and clean them. But that's a necessity. People need to go get groceries. Do we need to potentially spread the virus because people have to go golfing? If there were no joint objects that people had to put their hands around, then I would say golf would be fine because it's out in the open air. But also you have to buy and, you know, you have to make purchases. You're, you're putting people out into the world to... Do a bartering exchange of cash. That's you're putting people, and it's for a non necessity. Um, so I, I look. I don't have any real problem with golf. I think that I could see them trying to put in some restrictions, and I think you could safely golf, perhaps. But I've heard too many uh, conservative types. A lot of golfing people are are conservative as well, 
And they use the description of what's happening to golf as a way to take shots at this reaction to the virus. Um, And more than that, it bothers me that here in Pennsylvania and other states, there is no golf allowed. But in states like North Carolina, which are huge for golf, golf is still allowed. It bothers me that business and money and trafficking of money and what's important financially to a particular region is dictating things and not safety and science. It's another example of money and business overriding what we know is rational and true scientifically about this disease. I mean, if we shouldn't be golfing in Pennsylvania, we shouldn't be golfing anywhere. I mean, the same standard should be applied everywhere. And it bothers me when I hear these people talking like, we're lucky that we don't have many cases here and the weather's nice here. And it's, it's, it's like, oh, I see. So the virus walks by and goes, oh, yeah, you know what? That's a nice area. I'll just move over here and go back to I'll just go back up to New York and get more of those people. I mean, honestly, we've seen this virus go everywhere. And even the states that say, well, we don't have a real problem, they have the virus. So they may be spread out, so therefore there's a natural sort of social distancing in the vastness of their empty, useless state like the Dakotas, North and South. (laughs) They should combine them and make them one state that gets half one senator. North and South Dakota should be joined together and just called Dakota, and they should only get half a senator. They get one dwarf. A one, a one female dwarf gets to be the senator from Dakota. That, that's what I would do with those two states. But I think there should be a national um, promulgation of what we're doing here and allowing different areas to vary their reaction based upon their... Uh, commerce trade is that's what's irrational and that is infuriating to me similar along the lines of uh, businesses uh, well not similar the same very subject would be restaurants there's a local restaurant near me that I used to go to regularly that just opened about a year ago that I think is really cool and great but um, there's this new craze. I've only I used it once uh, to help them out um, about a week and a half ago, and I'm not going to use it ever again because I'm sh- until I'm I'm ready to step back out into the world. And I've kind of looked at all the figures and, and numbers, and I really want to, uh, if I have, if I can, not go out at all, except to empty the garbage and maybe go to the grocery store. Although I've had most of my stuff all delivered, uh, and I'm pretty well stocked for the next two weeks here now. So. Uh, I'd like to not go out until May, um, other than to empty the garbage. I mean, that's my plan. I just want to avoid the month of April this year. I've already avoided the last week and a half. Uh, I haven't been to the grocery store in two weeks. Uh, And that's the way I want to keep it. Now, I did step out the one time to go to this restaurant, but I didn't like the way they were. I didn't like their demeanor about it. Like, it was craziness. I know that it's knocking them for a loop financially, and that's why I wanted to help them. But at the same time, what's craziness is that they weren't wearing masks when I went there. 
<laughs> they probably aren't wearing them now, even though the governor told them to. I mean, if you go in to get your food anywhere right now, anyone who hands you your food should be wearing a mask. If you go into any restaurant now, I mean, it's been recommended by everyone to wear a mask. And if someone's making your food and handing you food, they should have a fucking mask on. And they're not going to. You watch. They won't. <clears throat> because these people that are still out there working it, and a lot of them don't believe in it. A lot of them are frustrated by their lack of business, their loss of money. And that's dictating their view of the science. And that's what's frustrating. And to hear all these ads that, come on, support your restaurants. And there are so many of them now, I can't, I can't escape them. People telling me I need to buy food from local area restaurants to support them. And no, I don't. Because unless they deliver to me, I don't. I don't have to go out ever if I don't want to. And don't you dare pressure me to. And I don't have to walk into a public environment where people are coming in there to get their food and touching the door handle and breathing in the space. And I don't have to hand cash to someone or a charge card. And I don't have to have them hand me my bag. And I don't have to have anyone else preparing my food. I don't have to have a cook, you know, wiping his brow and coughing into his hand and then maybe forgetting to wash. I mean, we see the cases come out every day of the grocery store workers now who are getting sick, of the bus drivers who are getting sick. These are people, you know, the firefighters, the cops, the first responders, we see them getting sick. So the people that we're relying on to come to help us or to bring us food, they're getting sick. Now imagine the cooks getting sick. Imagine the delivery drivers getting sick. When did they get sick? Before or after they delivered your package? Before or after the DoorDash driver left your food in front of your door? When did the people working in a fast food restaurant or one of these restaurants get sick? Before or after they prepared your meal? During preparing your meal? <coughs> the point is, <coughs> all of these are rational, reasonable thoughts and fears. And at the end of the day, because of them, no, you don't have to support any restaurant. No, you don't have to get food anywhere. If you don't want to, and that, frankly, I would recommend to most people, if you can, get and prepare your own food as safely as possible. That's the safest thing to do right now, is to not support your restaurants, to not support local area businesses right now. I'm sorry. God bless them. I'm sorry this happened to them, but this this is your life. This is your life. And pressure to support business over common sense and safety with respect to this virus is infuriating to me, and I don't like it. And along those same lines, similar but not the same, is the whole mask controversy. There is no controversy. Masks help. We blew it on this one. This is a particular virus where masks help. They help the spread, and they help you from getting it. They don't shut it out completely. When you put a mask on, you're not 100% safe. It's not a no-brainer. It's not like, okay, now I'm going to live. But they help. And we weren't wearing them. We thought uh, it wasn't floating in the air as long as it is. And yet we have this controversy created about if we tell people to wear masks, they'll buy up all the N95s and the healthcare workers who are already short on PPE won't uh, have enough masks. Um, that is infuriating. 
because it implies that the life of anyone is more important than the life of another person. And I, I don't like that argument. I don't want to make that argument in the face of a pandemic. Um, I certainly want the doctors to do their jobs and I, and I want them to feel safe. So I want them to have the best equipment. That's true for all of us. But at the end of the day, we all want to live too and we deserve to live. And if masks help, we need to wear them and they help. So what's, how do you solve it? Well, everyone was very careful in recommending when they recommended masks, they didn't use the word mask. They used the word face covering or facial cloth. Uh, they talked about making your own. Like, sure, now everyone's spending their Saturday stitching together a mask. Yeah, because people are really good at that. Nobody knows how to do that shit, you know? Nobody's going to do that. People don't just wake up the next day and build, create little things. They, have, they, they, they don't get into that. They're lazy. Look, they go out and still golf. <laughs> you think if they're going out golfing, they're going to go home and stitch a mask and put a mask together? They're going to golf in a mask? Come on. So the point is, people deserve to be able to buy masks, find masks. Now, not the top quality masks, not the respirators that uh, that are so hard to get, but some sort of makeshift mask that is effective, that is not just some piece of shit because they're just a person. They deserve to die. Their doctor deserves the mask that works. Give this thing that kills to this other person because he's just a garbage collector. So he can use a fake, only looks like a mask, but actually kills mask. We'll give that to him. No, it's got to be a mask that works or at least has some effect. But for some reason, isn't the special type of mask that the special people get to use. Luckily, I've found some of those and bought them for the people I loved and had them mailed to them. So, but I think everybody deserves to find those. And will they be able to now? No. And nobody even wanted them to. And there's a controversy. And doctors are on the air saying they don't believe in it. It's wrong to encourage people because it, they're, they're actually lying to the public. Some doctors now saying that they're useless, they, do no pur they don't serve any purpose. It's a lie. I've seen the scientific studies and evidence. They do some purpose and it's common sense. If you put a cloth of any kind in front of your face, you're going to screen out some particles from getting into you and screen out some particles from going out of you. It's just going to happen. Now, what size? Well, true, the virus, if it's floating in the air, is very, very small, the aerosol particles. And they are small enough to get through most fabric unless it's the heavy duty or the quality of its construction that they use, which is a non-woven uh, type of material, polyethylene, I forget what it's called with a P. Uh, it's a long, complicated word that they use for these professional masks, non-woven that material. Um, it's most effective for screening out small particles. It can keep out up to 95%. Uh, where regular cotton is about 50% can get up to 75. But that's just regular cotton. So the point is, yeah, regular cotton then. then give me a regular co cotton, keep out 75% type mask, and leave the 95% to the people up close working with the sick people. That makes sense. I agree with that. But to say we can't tell them to wear a mask because they'll buy up the 95s, well, that's the risk you have to take, pal. These are people. This is the United States. There's 330 million people. You've got to save their fucking lives. I mean, I'm not going to die 
so that a doctor can live and 20 people he saves live. No, I'm going to live. They can all die. That's what normal people think. Let the doctor and the 20 people die, 22, 21, however many it adds up being. They can die so I can live. Don't tell me to die so that they can live. I'm not making that call. Don't hide from me that I should be wearing a mask because you'd rather I die than the doctor and the people that he would have saved. I want to live too. I being the regular public. And as I've said, 28 million Americans don't even have insurance, so they won't even be able to be helped by a doctor, maybe. Or they won't think to go to a doctor and maybe get the free treatment because they don't have insurance and they'll die, or they won't. But the point is, give those people mass. They don't even give a fuck about doctors because they never get to use them because they don't have insurance because your government's so lousy that you don't provide them with insurance. So at least let them get a fucking mask, for Christ's sake. At least let these people that you won't even insure wear a goddamn mask. And don't say, no, you can't because Dr. Joe has to wear it. Person we don't give insurance. Person who's going to die because we do nothing for you. Now we're not even going to let you wear a fucking mask during a pandemic because we're going to save these high-priced rich doctors who live in mansions, okay? So the point is, everybody's taking care of their own. It's similar to the business criticizing of the reaction because it's hurting their business. It's similar in the sense that doctors protect doctors, medical people protect their own. And, you know, if you want to fall on a sword to save a healthcare provider right now, good for you, that's fine. I don't, most people shouldn't. People should be protecting themselves and the ones they love. This is the normal reaction during a pandemic. Everybody, you know, you want to help other people too. You want to be kind and giving and caring to others, but not at the expense of your own life. You can't really help people if you're dead, can you? You can't really bring them food if you're dying of the coronavirus. So at least wear a mask when you're delivering food to people. And it's safer for them. Now, the way they've spun it is, my mask is good for you, yours is good for me. We're helping each other, so I'm not transmitting it to you. It's a better philosophy than saying, I don't want to get your sickness, so I'm wearing a mask. But that's really what we're doing. We're really saying, I'm wearing a mask to protect myself. Especially if you're asymptomatic, so you don't even know you have it. The politicians can tell you the reason they're justifying you wearing a mask and maybe throwing the medical field into an uproar because they are afraid they're not going to get their mask. Now, the politicians can say the reason they're advising that is so that people don't infect us. So we're, make, we're, we're, we're suggesting masks to keep them from getting guests their cooties, giving them to us. But the reality is, no. You should be telling the people to wear the mask for the people, for them, to protect them from you. There's nothing wrong with telling the truth. They're spinning it to make it look like it's all about the ugly, stupid people. We don't want you getting us your cootie, so wear a mask. So doctors, look, don't be mad at us for telling them to get masks because you don't want to get their cooties. We don't want to get their cooties. So let's put these masks on these people so we don't get their gross stuff. No, they should be saying, people, we love you. We care about you. You're our people. We have your tax dollars to help you. And part of the way we're going to help you is tell you, you should put a mask on to save yourself. You should wear this mask to protect your lungs from taking in the cooties of me. You should wear this mask because there's a lot of fucking cooties out there and you're going to breathe it in if you don't wear this mask. People, we want to help you. 
That's what they should be saying. But you know what? If you don't have standing, if you're not a doctor, if you don't have a business, if you don't have money, you don't get that kind of treatment in America. You don't. You're just a person that, frankly, they, just the bother of you dying is that someone has to pay for it. Someone has to pay to dispose of your body, to pick it up. That's the problem. So if, if there's any thought to have you wear a mask for you, it's just because they don't want to pay to take your corpse away. That's America. Because otherwise they'd be saying, wear these masks, they'll help you stay alive, potentially. It's another precaution that is, you know, worthwhile to take right now to try to prevent you from getting sick, not to prevent you from making us sick. And all this worry about the doctors having their masks, that's, again, a governmental problem. They should have these masks. They should be manufacturing them. They should have provided more than enough masks to everybody. They should have seen this coming. They should have known about this. So because they blew it, I don't get to save my life because I'm just an average Joe out there in the public and you blew it in your powerful governmental positions. I don't get to wear a mask. I have to breathe in a virus when I go out. So you're not going to tell me to wear a mask or you're going to say, just rip up a, a piece of cloth and tape it around your face. I don't get to actually wear a good quality respirator because I'm a nobody and you blew it. And it's all about the money and the power people protecting themselves. And the average Joe doesn't have anyone representing him. And then when you finally step in and tell us to maybe we should wear something around our faces, you say it's to protect you. That's why we should do it. So we protect our neighbors. Who's protecting me? Who's looking out for each and every individual person who doesn't have power or standing or money? Who's trying to save their lives? Oh, the doctors are. Well, you know, I agree. I'm not ripping off the doctors. I'm, I'm in favor of the medical providers. But my final gripe on this podcast will be, let's stop talking about first responders. Please, can we stop talking and stop using that word? I'm so goddamn sick of the troops and the cops and the firemen and all these people that are get soldiers and they're all such wonderful people as they dropped out of high school and then they carry weapons and go kill people. And it's such a wonderful, noble thing that they do with their idiotic minds, most of them. Let's talk about intelligent providers. These are doctors. These are nurses. These are people that are trained, that have schooling, that read. Let's not call them first responders. Let's call them medical providers. Let's call them educated medical providers. That's what I want to call them. EMPs, since it's so important in our country these days to use acronyms and so on. Let's call them EMPs, the ed educated medical providers, not first responders, okay? Because first responders triggers in my mind from 9-11, you know, cops and firemen and all that. And... Those type of macho guys and lots of people that carry guns and all that and spend their lives running into dangerous situations because they're type A personalities, they get enough credit all the time, okay? They get it all the time. Every holiday is for them. Everything's for them. Let's, let's occasionally spend a little moment of our time supporting and speaking well of people who 
you know, understand how to use language and read and think and analyze and actually have a fucking brain. How about it? So instead of calling them first responders, let's just call them, you know, medically trained professional personnel who think and wouldn't have a problem saying a sentence this long. Someone who we could actually use four or five, six words to describe because they would appreciate that because they aren't afraid of saying four or five or six words strung together. Okay, so that's what I think we should be referring to them as the people that aren't afraid of us calling them educated medical professionals because they like big words. Okay, let's let's surprise. Let's let's praise those people and not from the bodies. Knock, knock, knock. Sir, this is first responder outside your door. Please move away from the door. I am a first responder. Anyway, look, God bless anyone who puts their life on the line for everybody and on and on and on. But God bless me too. And God bless lawyers and God bless, you know, plumbers and God bless sous chefs and God bless lawn ken, uh, ten care people you know, from Mexico and God bless maids and God bless uh, mailmen. How about God bless the Amazon delivery uh, drivers and delivery personnel because they're keeping me alive and they're, they're preventing me from having to go out to the grocery store and get this virus. God bless people who manufacture alcohol and deliver it to me so I can drink still and be relaxed and not be uh, high strung during such an anxious time. God bless those people. They're my first responders. Are they bringing me Glenn Livett? They're a first responder to me. God bless them. They're responding to my first instinct, which is to fucking have a scotch as soon as possible <laughs> to keep from worrying about this damn situation. So, in conclusion, I'm sure all of us have some things that, that we were... I probably fired some of you up. I probably touched a few buttons with some of those things. We all have our own gripes. We all have things that bother us about the current situation. And we're probably a little bit short-tempered because uh, of stress right now. Um, I would ask you all to just hang in there and uh, bear with one another and uh, pull together and try to try to see through this thing with, a, with a, an eye towards love and support for everybody but also with an eye towards science and knowledge and a respect for people of intellect and people who have studied to have a profession that maybe is a little more complex than the average Joe can handle with a gun. Uh, and also um, support your businesses that are important to you living right now. That's all uh, that you need that are, that are safe. Support businesses that are safe for you to not catch the virus. Uh, don't support. Don't feel pressured or worried about supporting people that have nothing to do with whether or not you're going to catch this thing. And in fact, if you support them, you might be more likely to catch this thing. Don't support those businesses. Don't worry about supporting those businesses. Worry about yourself and get a mask. And don't worry about whether or not it's a mask that's too good for you. Any mask is fine for you, my friend. You deserve to wear the best of masks. Um, do we want everyone in America buying up the mask away from the doctors? No, but is that my problem? No, and it's not yours either. Get a good quality mask, whatever you can find that works. Get it, buy it, acquire it, wear it. You deserve it as much as anyone. And don't let anybody tell you differently. And stay in there, hang in there, stay safe. I love you. Yabba da boop